Lots of cover over the big red bench between now and seven o'clock. I've said a big red bench ten times in a row. It'll go back into my head. <laughs> That's it. In front of the mirror. <laughs> right, we're joined here by our Ryan Grace uh, this afternoon. So if you'd like to get in touch, you can get in this afternoon, this evening. It's dark outside. It's coming up to Christmas. It's pretty cold outside. It's miserable. Yeah. So I'm glad we're in this nice heated studio for the next hour talking all things sport. 0868104106 if you want to get in touch. You can tweet us as well at Big Red Bench if you would like to get in touch. Ryan, get us up to date on everything that happened today. Cheers, Roy. Yeah, sure, we'll start off with football because there is plenty of action today in the Premier League and plenty of drama to go along with it. Mm. Manchester City's hopes of retaining the title took another blow. The champions were held to a two-all draw by Newcastle despite going in front twice at St. James's Park. That was the early game kick-off. A little later on in the afternoon, two Virgil van Dijk goals mean Liverpool are sitting pretty top of the table, 11 points clear of Man City. It wasn't all good news, though. Jurgen Klopp's men went down to 10 after goalkeeper Allison was red carded in the 76th minute that will mean he'll now miss the Merseyside derby against Everton during the week in the other 3 o'clock kickoffs West Ham secured a shock victory a 1-0 victory against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge the Jose Mourinho renaissance continues as Tottenham beat Bournemouth 3-2 at home and Crystal Palace ran out a 2-0 win over Burnley bottom two of the table currently in action at Southampton versus Watford the latest there Watford have one goal on the board courtesy of Ismail Assar. He's put them up 1-0 against South- away to Southampton with 30 minutes left on the clock. We'll have a full-time report of that game and of all the other action in the Premier League a little later on in the show. Moving on to Gaelic Games, Cork GAA Chief Kevin O'Donovan says the con- county's finances are at crisis point. Now the report is to be presented to Cork's annual convention next week and shows a deficit of almost €560,000. Um, and they're attributing a lot of that to a drop in gate receipts, which apparently accounts for over 200,000 of that shortfall. Yeah, apparently um, the uh, the attendances were down across the board uh, this year. Um, so uh, financially, things aren't uh, looking uh, too well for Cork this year. But the, the, the loss of 560,000 euro almost and uh, costs it to increase this year. And uh, a lot of pressure now on Cork teams, I think, to get to Croke Park, it's the All-Ireland semi-finals, at least this year. Um, to, to, to help with finances. Uh, sponsorship was down last year um, as well. So, look, uh, it's uh, a lot of, um, uh, I suppose, made out, out of the, 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 the figures coming from Cork. Um, as Kevin O'Donovan said in today's uh, Evening Echo, he admitted that the situation was a crisis point uh, and said that they have reserves and they're still secure and uh, they have a bit of work to do to, to get back uh, to where they should be but uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting year for Cork I think Definitely, yeah, seems to be a lot of different factors there not the least of which of course the, the takings at the door which are account- accounting for over a third of that deficit So um, Yeah, so a lot was made about that and there was a lot of discussion about whether the um, uh, um, uh, the, the divisions and stuff like that uh, being going so far and like, getting to the finals this year the hurling and football was that an issue and does that result in lower attendances so look, it's uh, a lot to discuss and I'm sure that county convention next Sunday will be very very interesting indeed definitely yeah it's bad news in the capital as well they're on the lookout for a new senior football manager the search is on after Jim Gavin stepped down from the role earlier today Gavin of course leading his native county of Dublin to a historic fifth All-Ireland title in a row last September I think that was a bit of a surprise because I think 
um, the general consensus out there was that he was going to give it another year but to step away uh, after doing a five in a row is probably the best way to do it I mean like how I are you going to top a five pro- in a row he's probably just at the summit of it isn't he really there's probably nothing left for him to do it's probably you know he could have stayed on for another year he'd probably do quite well again but you know it's just as it's just as glorious to walk away now, really, after a five in a row. Yeah, so uh, like uh, a fantastic achievement by by Jim Gavin over the last couple of years. Not that we're bitter or envious or anything not down here all, in Cork, looking on as they win five All Irelands in a row. <laughs> and uh, the Cork people definitely weren't shown for carrying this year's All Ireland final to stop the Dubs from doing that. Uh, definitely, uh, but yeah, look, yeah, it's an incredible, incredible achievement to, to win that five in a row. And I suppose no better way than to 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 step down than after completing that task. Absolutely, there's plenty of action in rugby as well today. Roar Connacht looking to bu- bounce back from their loss to Toulouse last weekend. They are currently in action against Southern Kings at the Sports Ground in the Pro 14. It got underway at quarter past five. Latest there, Connacht winning 19 points to Southern Kings seven. Uh, later, a much changed Leinster side take on Glasgow. Uh, that uh, gets underway at 25 to eight. Earlier this afternoon, there were a host of games in the Energy League and uh, Division One A Cork Con uh, playing Ballina Hinch at half past two Cork on the victors there 35 points to 19 the final score uh, elsewhere UCD were victorious over UCC final score there 24 points to 10 uh, Division 1B Highfield uh, won out against City of Armagh 21 to 13 uh, in Division 2A uh, Buccaneers narrowly edged out Dolphin uh, 27 points to 24 and finally in Division 2C uh, Brough were victors against Sunday as well 14 points to 10 and Clonmel had a comfortable afternoon against Middleton winning 21 In golf, Jonathan Caldwell is in tie for 27th heading into the final day of the Alfred Dunhill Championship that's taking place in South Africa this year. The down golfer shot a two over par third round of 74 today. It leaves him at one over for the tournament and he's 12 shots off the lead that's held by Spain's Pablo Larazaba. Larazabel. 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 Good job there. Thanks, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, really good. Larazabel. Larasabel. In boxing, almost a year after his disappointing loss to Josh Warrington, Carl Frampton returns to the ring tonight. A lot of people will be excited about that. He's fighting in the small hours of tomorrow morning. Former 2-8 world champion faces the unbeaten Tyler McCreary in Las Vegas. Now in snooker, the action continued in the second round of this year's UK Championship. It's a routine win for Ronnie O'Sullivan. He whitewashed Tiang Peng Fei six frames to nil. He beat uh, Cork's Ross Bullman as well during the week in the he first round. He did, he did, and that was another six. He hasn't dropped a frame so far so he's certainly um, when he turns it on there is no one better he's unbeatable when his his headspace is right and he's focused and he's obviously quite focused on this absolutely and I haven't actually seen Ross Bullman play before but I have seen um, Tiang Peng Fei play yeah. before and he's well able to play so that's uh, it's no uh, mean feat to whitewash him certainly not uh, Marco Fu racked up an impressive victory against Kyron Wilson that went the distance to all 11 frames Marco Fu taking it 6-5 in the end Stuart Bingham winging out against Martin Gould 6-4 uh, just to touch on the basketball, the Paddy O'Connor Cup, uh, Kilester have just gotten underway against Father Matthews, got underway at six, so we'll have live updates on that game across the show. A little later on this evening, Pat Duffy's Men's National Cup kicks off. It sees DCU Saints as they play CNS Neptune from 7.45. And in the President's National Cup, Tradehound Central Ballet Colleague, they're in action against Portlaoise Panthers at four o'clock this afternoon, I believe, Rory. 
and uh, a little later on Father Matthew's take on EJ Sligo All-Stars which also gets underway at 7.45 Yeah thanks Brian just latest from the Polly O'Connor Cup uh, quarter final Singleton Super Valley Brunel leading the, the Hawks 57 points uh, to 14 at the end of the third quarter and uh, the full time uh, result the uh, reigning champions are through to the semi-finals of the President's Cup Ballancolic beating Port Leeds Panthers 96 points to 57 <laughs> Alright we are going to wrap up uh, all today's Premier League action is going to go across the grounds. Uh, we will start though with Liverpool's win that has sent them 11 points clear at the top of the table. Uh, Shane Pennington has the full-time report from Anfield. Liverpool 2, Brighton 1, Jurgen Klopp's side extend their lead at the top to 11 points but only after a real scare here at Anfield. It all looked easy when Virgil van Dijk headed two goals in the space of six first half minutes but Brighton created chances all afternoon but looked set to pay for not taking them but with 14 minutes left Alisson was sent off for handling outside the box and as his replacement Adrian was lining up his wall Lewis Dunk fired the resulting free kick home Brighton then threw the kitchen sink at the house but in the end it was to no avail Liverpool 2, Brighton 1 so Liverpool going 11 points clear Manchester City meanwhile drawing to all this afternoon uh, with uh, Newcastle United we get that full time report from Stephen Goldsmith Newcastle 2 Manchester City 2 a late John Joe Shelby goal put a dent in City's already faltering title ambitions the ground waited for a Newcastle free kick to be floated into the box instead it was pulled back and whipped home by Shelby De Bruyne had looked to have won it before that chesting down and volleying in off the bar after Newcastle had defended so well to that point Sterling's first half opener was cancelled out by Willems to make up the scores in a cracker at St James's Park. Newcastle 2, Manchester City 2. So that result moves Liverpool 11 points clear of Manchester City up to second with that point uh, with Leicester City level on points on 29. Uh, Chelsea losing today so they lost a little bit of ground uh, they're now 14 points behind after their defeat to West Ham. The big question Ryan Grace is, do we have to admit it that it's finally Liverpool's year? Yes. Yeah, yeah we do. Don't the big we? question is now I suppose, I mean like how much are they going to win the league by? Yeah, that is the big question. Yeah, exactly. 14 games played, 13 wins, one draw, zero losses. I mean, it's just, it's going to be a, it's going to come down to like last year with City. It's just kind of, well, I suppose not, not the year before. I mean, with City where it was more just kind of like, this is going to be a 100 point plus season potentially. Again, we have with Liverpool here. Are they going to do that? It's going to be not if they're going to come first. It's how impressively are they going to win the title? They are relentless. Relentless. I mean, like they haven't been playing particularly well and are getting the three points week in, week out. Um, today, not at their best. Two Virgil van Dijk goals. Um, they were they got the job done. I mean, like they were well on their way to a comfortable two 0 win at Anfield, and then Allison gets sent off, and you think, right, maybe, maybe, uh, and then Brighton, Brighton scoring with that Lewis Dunk free kick just a, a minute later after Allison sent off for that handball, which was one of the most. It was just one of those things. Uh, the best way to describe it would be like a brain fart, I think. Yeah, yeah. He just ran out of the box, just handled the ball. I think he was bored and just wanted something to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he it was all going him. too well. Yeah, so he misses the the Merseyside derby on Wednesday night. But yeah, um, you're right in what you say there. They like they are grinding out the wins, but they're not playing the best football in the world. They like they I know, see they, I, they, they they can and they do in patches, and they are a pleasure to watch when they are on form. But it's just the sign of a good team, I think that like. They're they're winning matches, not playing particularly well. That's the sign of champions. Yeah, a hundred percent. The be- I feel the best that they played so far this season was the game against City because mm. I feel like that was the real 
we have to go out and secure three points here. Uh, there, there's been games against, like, the, the, their game against Sheffield United, their game against Palace. Do you know, there's been mm. a few there where they've kind of teams that you'd be expecting to roll over and mm. they're... I mean, Salah is kind of underperforming a lot. He kind of <coughs> dilly-dallies a bit. Man is picking up a lot of slack that Salah and Firmino yeah, can kind I of think a, a lot of the issue with Liverpool is is the way the team's set up to play against them because they set up so defensively against Liverpool because if you go try and match Liverpool 11v11, uh, man for man um, they'll tear you apart mm. and, and that results in teams just sitting back and defending quite deep and Liverpool trying to break them down uh, which could explain why they aren't playing fantastically well but yeah I it's think like you are. say they're getting the results and you, you do need you do need a certain amount of luck but they are definitely taking their fair share of that as I well I think we have to call it 30th November 2019 Liverpool <laughs> time of death <laughs> yeah basically no look it's it's Liverpool's to lose their 11 points clear it's a huge gap for anyone to get back it's huge um, yeah. so especially when Man City are we now can see that they're prone to drop and that defensively they're not all there and they, they are liable to drop yeah. away to Newcastle, for example, like they did today. So I think all the Liverpool fans are out there going, stop jinxing, stop saying we're going to win, stop saying we're <laughs> yeah. going to win, stop saying we're going to win. Oh, yeah, get, get the scarves printed now, I think. <laughs> all right, the Jose Mourinho effect uh, continuing at Tottenham. Guy Swindles. Spurs 3, Bournemouth 2. Cracking game. Spurs look to have wrapped things up in the uh, 70th minute when they went 3-0 up. Deli Alli had scored the first two from long balls uh, from uh, Toby Alderweireld but the third goal an excellent one from Sissoko from Sons Cross but for the second week running went 3-0 up Spurs ran into trouble Harry Wilson with two fine finishes putting real pressure on but Spurs hold on Spurs 3 Bournemouth 2 uh, Jose Mourinho certainly having a very very positive effect there yeah yeah I mean yeah he's getting the thing I notice most about what he's done in the very, very little time he's been there is that he's getting a tune out of Deli Alley, which yeah. um, which Potch wasn't up until when he was uh, sacked a couple of weeks ago. Deli Alley now, I think, with a goal and assist in the two games, you know, he's like it, which he just he wasn't putting himself in those positions beforehand, and I suppose he's playing probably being told to play with a bit more freedom now, and he's he's getting a. He's getting a, a much more uh, much more performance out of Deli Ali than than he was under Poch. You are the bench's resident Arsenal fan, right? Unai Emery's obviously been sacked. If this were a week earlier, would you have welcomed Jose Mourinho at Arsenal? I no, I I really wouldn't, and I'm not just saying that because it's no longer an option. I <laughs> I, I I think Mourinho to Spurs is a real kind of a, a kind of marriage of circumstance. I think he needs to get back in to the Premier League. And I think Spurs needed to throw a grenade <laughs> yeah. into their dressing room a little bit to shake things up. I wouldn't take him because I think long term it's not it's not all it's cracked up to be. I feel like you know, I feel like it's a, he he might kind of take them onto a few minor glories, but I don't feel like there's anything really there um, unless. Levy kind of gets the checkbook out in a major way that they're not doing at the minute and signs mm. a few more world-class players because they're also at risk of losing a few of the world-class players that they actually have. But to answer your question, no, I, pr- I probably wouldn't take him because I just feel like it would... I don't think it would mix well. I think he would implode and I think... <laughs> it, <laughs> I think we'd end up seeing Lacazette play centre-back in protest and I just <laughs> I just don't know would that be... Uh, so who do you want to take over at Arsenal? Uh, I mean... Who I want, uh, uh, I mean, 
Nuno Espirito Santo's name is getting knocked yeah. around the Wolves manager I think that would be a good fit I know a lot of people are saying Allegri some people are saying Poch which absolutely won't happen so I'm not even will they do a Man United and just give the job to Lumberg for the rest of the season they could they could uh, I don't know would that be the best idea in the world mm. there's also talks of Arteta coming into it which I also don't think would he's be never the best managed. Idea. he's um, never managed and Freddie like as good as work as he does kind of it, like kind of playing second hand he didn't have a good uh, when he managed Wolfsburg he didn't have a good record um, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really have I mean you talk about uh, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer's kind of lack of managerial experience at, like at least he was in the Premier League before managing <laughs> you know I mean I, I don't know I would take I would like it's so hard because who's even available at the minute I would say Allegri I can see it being either Allegri or Espirito Santo and I would take either of them I'd bite your hand off for either yeah. of those really Hello to my friend Paul as well who's just texted me saying disgusted by your talk of Liverpool Paul being a big massive Manchester United fan obviously not happy with the compliments being shown oh, to yeah. Liverpool uh, this afternoon so Well we're, we're doing it through gritted teeth Paul <laughs> <laughs> Alright uh, gonna go to Turf Moor where Crystal Palace have beaten Burnley Adam Drury Goals from Wilfred Zahar and Jeffrey Schlupp saw Crystal Palace earn a comfortable 2-0 win over Burnley. The Eagles took the lead in the first half stoppage time when Zahar drifted into the box with his trickery before slotting in at near post. Burnley pressed for an equaliser, wasting many decent chances, but the win for Palace was secured in the 78th minute when an awful clearance from Ben Mee was punished by Schlupp, who struck in through Pope's legs to end the Eagles' five-game winless run. Full-time at Turf Moor, they finished Burnley nil, Crystal Palace 2. And victory for West Ham today over Chelsea. Nigel Bidmead. Chelsea nil, West Ham won a first win for the Hammers at Stamford Bridge in 17 years. Came courtesy of Aaron Questrell's right-footed curling shot on 48. It was his third of the season and may well have spared his manager Manuel Pellegrini from the sack. 20 minutes later, West Ham had a second ruled out by VAR for handball. Chelsea had started the game brightly but ran out of ideas and went down to their second consecutive league defeat. Chelsea nil, West Ham United won. And the latest score from the evening kickoff. Watford still a goal up away to Southampton. That game is approaching half time. Right, we are going to talk Gaelic games. The Rangers taking on Clonmel commercials in the AB Munster Club Championship final tomorrow. The core champions looking to win their 17th provincial title against the Clonmel side, of course, that defeated them in the Munster final in 2015. Throwing at Fraherfield and Garmin tomorrow is at 2 o'clock. Ahead of the game, uh, Paul Kerrigan is speaking to Maura Trasny Kellogg. Ahead of the AIB Munster Club final, we're now joined by Paul Carrigan of Nemo Rangers and Cork football fame. Paul, before you sat down here, we were just discussing the great history that Nemo Rangers have. Can you tell us which number uh, is this for you in the in the Munster final record for yourself personally? Yeah, I suppose uh, very lucky. I'm going for my fifth uh, Munster medal um, uh, at the weekend. So, look, they all count and they're all about getting up and roll of honour for the club. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it and hopefully add to my own collection. It's some legacy to have, and especially with your own club, I assume it brings an extra layer of I suppose personal to it. Yeah, um, I suppose in our club we've been very successful at Munster, and we've kind of won more Munsters than we've lost after we've won a county. So, like you, you really want to continue that going um, within the team, and um, yeah, it's a it's a big thing. Legacy is a big word, and we'd like to keep that going. And hopefully, now Sunday we can add another one um, to our to our collection. And I'd assume as well, like most athletes, despite all your success, a lot of the time you think of the nearlys, the what-ifs, the ones that you didn't manage to do. Yeah, definitely. I suppose there's two probably stick out. I think we lost to Drum Broadford in around 2008. Uh, We were very heavy favourites by maybe a point or two and 
like they were huge underdogs and there was wild celebrations at the full time whistle for them and then obviously four years ago we had a repeat of Clan Mel game and um, like that was obviously uh, fairly gut wrenching last minute goal and you didn't even have time for a kick out to come back and get a score to try draw it was so late so yeah you do remember the ones you lose but um, look they're done and dusted and we're looking forward to the weekend I assume though you have to work very hard to kind of get rid of that memory and not carry it with you into this weekend. Yeah, um, I suppose it definitely stuck with me for definitely maybe two, three years. Um, and I suppose it was only probably we won the Munster then in 2017 and pushed on. We got, we got to Northern in the final that is kind of a bit buried. Look, they beat us by a point. Um, even if they beat us by 10 points, it would still go in the books that Clonmel won the, the Munster Club in 2015 and, and Nemo didn't. So look, we just have to leave it at that and, and look forward to the weekend. Yeah, I do often think you hear commentators saying the most heartbreaking of losses, you've lost by a point. But really, a loss is a loss, really. If you had a point or a goal or ten points. Yeah, um, look, it took me a while, as I said, to get over that. Like, we didn't even have a chance. It was really, like, last, last kick of the game. And, um, look, I've kind of, I've left it go. Now, I suppose we've played plenty of games since. We've won a couple of counties since with Nemo and one of the club and we're now pushing for another one. So, look, um, we're kind of looking forward rather than looking back at this stage. Well, that's it. And aren't you lucky to be in a great position to be with such an excellent club that you have the opportunity to continue growing and to come out of adversity and keep going yeah I'm very much in a privileged position um, like there's huge history in my club huge players have come through it obviously very successful in county provincial and all Ireland level um, I've been on the senior panel now a long long time and we kind of have a new group maybe the last six seven years and we've a really good group um, and we've probably won our third county this group and we're looking for our second monster and we want to keep that going you're probably asked this a million times and probably sick of the question but club versus county is it even a club versus county is it club and county how do you see it uh, it's club and county I'd say because there's really no break anymore it's just continuous um, I suppose we have a big tradition in our club even if you're not playing if you're away with the county you have to come back and watch training you have to come back and watch the games um, and I suppose it helps then when you come back playing you can fit seamlessly in and you're not kind of like a bit of a bonus player coming back from the county you want to fit into the west side of playing the system we play so we put a big onus on as a county player you have to come back and set an example and, and stay interested in, and stay tuned into what's happening so um, look I think this season is just it's rolled into one now and look that's the way it is and um, I'm very lucky to, to come from a, a very good club in a, a good county. I'd imagine that kind of culture, possibly, we often hear people talking about what's the secret, why are the likes of Nemo so successful, but it's hard work, what you're saying, then. It's showing up, putting the time in like everybody else and representing your club and your parish. Yeah, um, I suppose it's not really hard because you want to be there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'd be out in the club most days out of the week anyway, so... Um, yeah, and look, I, I've just grown up like that. I've been in the club watching my father train since I was very, very young. Um, and as I say... Um, you're, if you're not there it's almost noticeable do you know what I mean so um, guys are there all the time and they're always looking to give a helping hand and help out in the league games that we can't play and stuff like that so um, I think it's just part of the course in our club really Finally I'm sure you're going to want to be very noticeable come the uh, the Munster final uh, what kind of game do you think we're going to be treated to? Yeah I suppose this time of year it's the, I think it's the 1st of December the game is on down in Dungarvan um, it's going to be windy it'll probably be wet Um like we're against a very good team you know, they, like they won the Munster as I said a few years ago they're looking to push on to an All-Ireland um, a bit like ourselves so look it's going to be 50-50 this time of year um, and look we, we've played Glenmel a few times in Challenge Games over the years and in Championship and look we always get a good game off and they get a good game off us so um, it's going to be interesting I think we're just going to have to make sure if the weather's bad our skills are, are probably a bit better than them um, our discipline's a bit better than them in terms of freeze and stuff like that in this kind of condition so expecting a really tough challenge and like the last day 
we've played them it'll probably go to the wire so that's what we're expecting Well no better place to go to the wire than Fairfield yeah. and Dungarvan yeah. in the AIB Munster Club final Paul Kerrigan from Nemo Rangers Gormila Magath Thank you Cheers Yes Paul Kerrigan there speaking tomorrow Shastani Kelly ahead of tomorrow's AIB Munster Club Championship final um, Paul doing his best there I think to to, to downplay the expectations that are on the Mo Rangers, they go into this game as favourites uh, to win their 17th uh, provincial crown. But this is uh, going to be a close game, and as Paul mentioned as well, everyone is going to be talking, reminding the Nemo players, everyone involved about commercials win in 2015. Of course, so of course, it's a it's a good Cork versus a Tipperary battle tomorrow. It's nicely poised. It's a lovely, you know, there's a nice little backstory to this. But yeah, he was keeping it very diplomatic there with the 50 50. I'm not too sure about that, but. Um, it should be an absolutely excellent game. I really wish I was. I wish I was going to it. To be honest, I'd love to be there. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine from Clonmel who was actually at their semi-final against St Joseph's, and he said that like they they uh, kind of squeaked past there nine points to seven, and they were, he was saying that they were very unconvincing in that win you know so he yeah. would say that that would probably play even more into Nemo Rangers who would have already been favoured but you never know a final's a final so you never know yeah it certainly is we're going to hear now from uh, the commercials uh, Seamus Kennedy speaking ahead of tomorrow's game Clonmel commercials Seamus Kennedy ahead of the AIB Munster Club final uh, Seamus days like these um, we say they're rare they're probably not that rare for the likes of you uh, no thankfully um, we were here in 2015 uh, getting ready for a monster final um, so it's taken taken a couple of years to get back here but um, we're absolutely delighted and there's a great buzz around Clamell at the minute and everyone's looking forward to it it's, You're certainly a hybrid creature you know football, hurling, county, club you've done it all um, Does that do you bring that with you into games like this? Yeah I suppose you can Like we have a lot of experience I suppose in the Clamell side of the minute we have a lot of lads playing inter-county um, at various levels of hurling and football um, and we also have a good few with six or seven lads that weren't involved in 2015 that it's their first Monster Club final um, but like I suppose um, they can draw on the experience we have and we can help them out and things like that so we'll look their special days um, for the club and for the town and um, as I said we're really looking forward to it We hear a lot about the challenges that um, elite footballers and hurlers face you know being the dual player or trying to choose one or the other you've somehow managed to navigate it nicely in that kind of you've danced with a bit of both yeah, I have looked and I suppose um, growing up in Clamwell would be predominantly a football area of Tipperary but um, um, I always loved hurling and um, thankfully I've had some good days in the hurling but um, I think just growing up it was always hurling and football it was never having to pick one or the other it was just played as much hurling as we did football and um, I've loved every minute of it and it's great to be able to come back to the club and play um, football at a good level and it you know, keeps the hurling fresh as well you're the perfect ad for you know people who say oh you can't do both you've actually shown you can for a good chunk of time anyway yes as I said I'm very lucky that when, whenever the tip year does finish um, and I go back to St Mary's and commercials that um, I have two great clubs there and, and great group of lads and thankfully we've had some great successes with commercials um, we've had good days and bad days but um, as I said we're always there we're there about competing and it's great to be able to play the football as I said and keep things fresh it's a lazy assumption to make but when we think of Tipperary we don't associate with football but then Clamour commercials just come along throw that lazy stereotype right out of the water yeah that's true and I suppose um, tip, tip footballers have had some great days over the last few years and there was a minor All-Ireland when there was getting to the under-21 All-Ireland um, final and um, a couple of the started I think with the Monster under-21 2010 they bet Kerry and then they got, obviously got the All-Ireland semi-final in 2016 and commercials when the Monster Club in 2015 so there's there's been some great days um, for Tipperary football the last couple of years and hopefully we can give them another one on Sunday 
I was just saying to you before we began recording this interview how it's a bit kind of jarring and strange to see inter-county footballers and hurlers wearing their club jersey and you all have the same answer this is our favourite it means a lot to you yeah it is and I suppose it's, it, it's, it's so special and it's probably the cliche that you know it's the people you grow up with and the people you've known all your life but it really is extra special you know when you see the buzz around Clonmel and um, probably all the different villages um, you know around the country that are still involved and meeting people that just cannot wait for matches at this time of year coming up to Christmas and things like that there's just a brilliant buzz around the place and um, yeah it is, it is extra special and actually the other thing too is a lot of times you might forget yes it's great for the players involved but it's actually great for the people outside who support you and people who get to travel and go to games and you know just go and enjoy the occasion yeah absolutely I suppose we played in Milltown Malibay last weekend which was I think two and a half hours from Clamell and to see the, the Clamell support there like just gave us a huge lift and it just shows you what it does mean that people can really um really grab onto something when it's so local and so personal and they know every single player I suppose within the county they might know a couple of lads from around that area but when it's your club team everybody knows knows you and they know their parents they know your brothers and your sisters and they can meet you at work on a Monday or whatever it is Like so it, it is that extra bit personal and special and the extra edge as well because you're facing into Nemo Rangers and uh, it won't be easy you guys have had some epic battles yeah, we had, I suppose, obviously, the obvious one was 2015 when there was absolutely nothing between the two teams. And, um, look, Nemo, in fairness, been the standard, the, they've set the standard with themselves and Croaks in Munster. And um, I suppose we've probably tried to aspire to get to the level that the clubs like Nemo have gotten to. Like, I think they've won seven club All-Ireland. So that's the standard we're trying to get to. And, look, we've had one good day against them. And, um, again, look, we're, we're going to do our best again on Sunday to maybe, to maybe take another scalp. I was just going to say, yeah, uh, will you have another good day against them? Please God, please God, yeah, we want to give it a good shot anyway. I love that you're not going to give away any tactics or anything like that, just <laughs> no, please no, God. No, 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 exactly. <laughs> well listen, the very best of luck uh, against Nemo Rangers and you are of course Seamus Kennedy, the very best of luck in the AIB Monster Club final. Thanks very much. That's Seamus Kennedy there, speaking tomorrow, Trusting Colleague. We won't wish him well tomorrow because we want Nemo Rangers to win, but uh, hopefully a good game tomorrow and hopefully a win for Nemo Rangers. On, this, uh, on tomorrow evening, two o'clock, uh, Fraherfield uh, is how that uh, goes down tomorrow. Um, so we'll have reaction coming up on the big red bench tomorrow evening from six p.m. You're a temporary boy. Are you showing for Clamwell tomorrow? Uh, well, I know Seamus, so oh, I, yeah, I, I oh, Seamus, is it? <laughs> That's why I stayed quiet there. I no, I. I, I know Seamus so oh you do you know Seamus yeah yeah I know where my bread is buttered so I'm going to say Nemo hang on, no, I, I, I nearly pulled a muscle in my back there picking up that name you just dropped <laughs> <laughs> alright we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk to uh, Sanyo Sullivan who was uh, inducted into the Irish Life Athletics Ireland uh, Hall of Fame earlier on in the week Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Why pay more for your insurance than you have to? At O'Leary Insurances, we're helping more people than ever in Cork get the widest cover for their home insurance at the best premium. Call 021-4536-800. O'Leary Insurances, steering you in the right direction. O'Leary Insurances Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. At Heineken, we like to think that life should be all for one and one for all. So if your team's had one of those games, why not meet the squad and relive it one last time? And whether you've lost or won, at the end of the night, there's always room for one more tune. But if you're thinking about drinking and driving, then even one is one too many. After all, you only live once. Heineken. When you drive, never drink. Get the facts. Be drink aware. Visit drinkaware.ie. Dave O'Loughlin, 87 Waldorf Terrace, Knock Lion, is cool with us saying he'll be out shopping all day this Black Friday. Dave is an unapologetic tech geek. 
While he seeks out a TV with more K's than you can shake a high-definition stick at, all his other gadgets will be at home, fully charged, just waiting to be picked up. Going shopping? No worries. The Phone Watch Black Friday sale is now on. Get Phone Watch installed for just €199. Monitoring fees apply. Sale extended until Monday. Clona Dairy Products has been part of daily life in Cork for over a 100 years. In that time, a lot has changed, but our commitment to providing quality milk and cream products has always remained the same. Working with generations of farming families and supporting our local community remains part of the Clona story today. Clona Dairy Products, Cork's local dairy since 1919. One car has been there throughout your life. You sat in and you were ready. It gave you your first taste of freedom. It took you on your first road trip. It dropped you off at your first job. You even had your first kiss in it. It was your first love. It was your first Opel Corsa. The German car that was a big part of your life. And it still is. It's time to fall in love all over again with the brand new Opel Corsa. With low emissions, a sleek new look, that German safety standard. It's a whole new Corsa for a whole new decade. Discover the new Opel Corsa at your local Opel dealer event November 29th to December 1st. Register your interest now at opel.ie The Casey's Furniture Black Friday event is now on. Save an extra 10% on home accessories, rugs and pillows with 5% off gift cards. Get limited Black Friday steals across selected furniture ranges until Monday, both in-store and online. Shop at Casey's Cork and Limerick and enjoy nationwide delivery before Christmas. Visit Casey's.ie Deco Stones, Link Road, Bal and colleague are having a massive warehouse clearance sale on both wall and floor tiles. We have a huge range of concrete porcelain and wood effect tiles that are all priced to go. So give your bathroom, kitchen or floors that makeover they deserve with decostones.ie At Virgin Media we believe in fair play. That's why we are freeing sport for all our TV customers. Want football as standard on your plan? Done. Sit back and enjoy all the thrilling action from the UEFA Champions League and UEFA Europa League on Virgin Media Sport. Together, we've got every kick, tackle, shot and goal. So it's the perfect time to join. See virginmedia.ie. We free sport. The Red Patrollers, live on the streets of Cork. The Red FM Roadshow is bringing fun to Tesco Mahan Point this Sunday from midday. We're celebrating Tesco's annual Family Day taking place across stores nationwide this weekend. We'll have great music, free face painting, Christmas treats and lots more besides. That's the Red FM Roadshow this Sunday from 12 at Tesco Mahan Point. Tesco, every little helps. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks Red FM. And the draw for Euro 2020 has been made. So if Ireland qualifies through the playoffs, and that is a pretty big if. It is a pretty big if. face Spain, Poland and Sweden in Group E. Okay. All right. So uh, not Denmark, you're saying? Not Denmark, we're, we're which is great. We're out of that circle of hell, are we? <laughs> or as someone tweeted on uh, Twitter, funnily enough, uh, saying uh, the draw for your 2020 has been made, and if Ireland progress, they will be losing to Spain, Poland, and Sweden <laughs> in Group B. Ah, uh, no, we can't. No. What about this, though? Uh, group F is uh, the biggest one. Um, it's going to be France, Germany, 
and Portugal. Oh, wow. That is the group of death. That oh, you potentially have your winner in that right fantastic there. Fantastic group. Elsewhere, it's Italy, Switzerland, Turkey and Wales in Group A. In Group B, it's Belgium, Russia, Denmark and Finland. Group C, Ukraine, Netherlands, Austria and a playoff winner. England, Croatia, Czech Republic in Group D again with a playoff winner. And uh, as we mentioned, Germany, France, Portugal and Group F. But Ireland could be uh, in uh, Group E with Spain, Poland and Sweden. In yeah. the Premier League, latest score from the evening kickoff, second half just underway Watford still a goal up away to Southampton we are going to talk athletics though Sonia Sullivan has picked up the Hall of Fame award at the Irish Life Athletics Ireland Awards in Dublin earlier on this week on the day of her 50th birthday no less Colin Duffy has been speaking to the Cove woman and general all and out legend Sonia um, everybody uh, across Ireland across Cork across the world I'd say very proud today that you've been inducted into the Hall of Fame but for yourself it was always about taking the next race looking forward looking ahead and the awards and the success I'm sure a lot of hard work and bonuses along the way um, yeah you know there was always trying to be better you know to, to win the next race to you know run faster um, so yeah no I think it was I was always moving forward and um, so now I'm kind of forced to stop and to look back and reflect on you know all these great achievements you know that you know when Greg was reading it out in there I kind of detach myself from it you know and it's you know you have to sometimes otherwise you might get a bit emotional or you might get too involved in it and sometimes I do kind of take myself out of it and it's like I'm looking in and watching this as somebody else you know because sometimes it's hard for me to believe that I actually was able to achieve all that stuff to run all those races and and to win so much so um, you know to be here today in amongst you know the whole Athletics Ireland community to be honoured like this is you know it's fantastic really and you know it's a a great day for me and uh, for my family and for my coaches and you know everybody who has supported me down through the years and you know who continues to support me and encourage me and everything I'm trying to do and (laughs) running slow these days but um, you know still getting out there and enjoying it The ninth recipient of this award you're following in the footsteps of people like Eamon Coughlin John Tracy um, you're only the second ever female recipient I think the first one was last year so as we head into 2020 and people are talking about female recognition in sport for likes of yourself Katrina McKiernan and others back in the day you were real leaders I suppose and leading the way at that time Uh, we were and you know we didn't really think we were you know and I think that's the thing about athletics is that you don't really differentiate between you know male and female and you know with the awards in here today it's the athlete of the year it's not the male or the female athlete of the year it's it's a level playing field you know the the genders in um, in athletics and it always has been so that's why I suppose it's never been on me to kind of you know push for you know so much more in women's sport because I've always had it you know in my favour being an athlete and only recently have I realised you know that other sports didn't have it so fair and they've had to work so hard to do that so you know there's always these amazing stories of you know athletes who are you know pioneers in their sport and you know I suppose pushing the barriers and you know in a way I was doing that for Irish women but you know while I was doing it I didn't see that it was any different me to be doing it as it would be for Marcus O'Sullivan or Frank O'Mara or Eamon or John um, down through the years you know we were out there doing the best that we could do and on the same stage so you know it was great to be able to do that and and, and also to see Athletics Ireland continue with that tradition here today and you know choosing an overall athlete of the year I think is absolutely fantastic and in terms of I suppose that 
footage that we saw on the screen back in 1987, I think it was, down Tipperary. That footage, I thought it would nearly be worn out at this stage. It's been shown so much. But what do you remember that day? I thought it was black and white. It, 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 it was on colour. It was colour today. Color today so, um, yeah, so I suppose I, I don't remember a huge deal about that. You know, I, I, I don't remember, like when I went to the race, I, I wasn't definitely wasn't expecting to win it. You know, I think um, part of the reason that I wanted to run there was because um, uh, one of the girls who I regularly competed against and who finished second to me in the um, junior All-Ireland two weeks previously, Anita Philpott, she was running. And I thought, if she's running, I should run. I didn't even get the idea to run. Um, so it was her idea, I suppose. And then I wanted a, I didn't want to, a, bit of, a bit of FOMO, you know, <laughs> to use the modern term, but the fear of missing out. And uh, I just wanted to be there too and felt that, well, you know, I'd like to line up. And, and I did. And, you know, it was mainly just to go out there and have a race and see how we fared against the, the senior athletes. You helped, I suppose, spur a huge interest in athletics in Ireland as well. And we saw the likes of the Dublin Marathon develop in the 80s but before that maybe too and you know now we see a running boom and everyone is out running and everything else it's, it's brilliant to see that everyone can get out and do this you know it's not just about elite athletes it's about anyone that's listening out there oh it's fabulous and you know that's the thing with Athletics Ireland as well now is that it's become such a more inclusive organisation and that you know a, a lot of people no matter what your level are you know praised and kind of encouraged to do the best that they can and to be involved and to be a part of our sport athletics is for everybody um, and you know when I was growing up there was only about two other people were running in Cove and you know we all knew who they were two two men uh, who Jerry Fitzpatrick and Derry O'Driscoll who were, you know were marathon runners so we expected them to be out on the roads all the time and then I joined in and now when I go home you know there is so many people running around the roads of Cove you know it's, it's a booming thing in a small town like Cove and you know for now that's happening all over the country so it's fantastic and when you go to events and you meet all these different groups of people who they've kind of found this new running thing that they didn't know existed before and I see you know people who I went to school with who you know you would never imagine they would ever run in their life and now they're running marathons and you know it, it changes the lives of so many people and, and it's, it's a great thing for so many people to have running and you know sport and fitness and health in their lives. What attracted you to running? I suppose people get involved with team sports and everything else but when you're running all you need is a pair of runners or in some cases I think we've seen in the past you ran your bare feet in a couple of races but you know all you need is yourself really when it comes to running and up your fitness and keep doing it bit by bit yeah but that's it you know it's, it's such a simple sport and it's a sport that's required for many other sports that everybody runs you know and then maybe they go on and do other things but running is a fitness space for so much stuff um, that you know we're, I suppose we're on a winning track here you know being involved with athletics and, and it's just fantastic to see so many people I suppose enjoy it and to kind of take it make it part of their lives when you look back on all those achievements and everything else and I'm, I'm sure you're one that doesn't look back too often but I, I, I don't think it's fair to single out one achievement over another really for yourself I, I think you kind of would take them a lot as a collective yeah I mean I think every I could look back on any one and I could stand up there and talk about it for you know 15 or 20 minutes uh, every race every achievement has a story to tell and you know things that happened along the way things that got you to that start line um, so yeah every you know medal I've won has a special memory for me and um, you know 
I can't reel them off, but <laughs> there'd be, you know, definitely something different there for, for everything, and they're, they're all special in their own way. It was 10 plus memorable years. I mean, did, did you, do you realise more, maybe as time goes by, the impact of your achievements, not maybe just in yourself, but on the Irish public and the Irish sporting public, and how it really bound us together as a nation watching you in those races as well? Yeah, well, I suppose back then it was different. It was, there wasn't very man, as many sports now as accessible for people to watch, to be a part of, and to support. So things have changed a lot and you know athletics is one of those sports that everybody could connect with so you know when you have somebody who's successful in sport and you know people love to cheer for successful things you know it, it, it's it's I suppose it's easier to follow a sport if it's successful than, than if not and you know to be able to bring that success to the sport and to highlight the sport back then was fantastic but you know I was only following on from the likes of you know Marcus O'Sullivan and Frank O'Mara who had won world in championships and you know Eamon Coughlin before that you know who brought a lot of excitement and you know there's a thing about watching a race and particularly a distance race and you know the, the energy as you get towards the culmination of the race and the big sprint and you know the, you know it, it, it's not very difficult to understand you know the first across the line is the winner and in terms of now and looking ahead finally to the Olympics I mean we've got great hopes we've got people we've a lot of qualified already and you can see a good Olympic campaign coming ahead I know it's seven months down the road or maybe around that anyhow but certainly they've got great hopes Irish athletics and the Irish sporting public in general yeah I think you know the Irish Olympic team is it's become more competitive and you know they're right up there in a lot of sports now and I think there's there's probably a bit of pressure on athletics to, to match that you know because a lot of sports are shining through and you know many of the sports are I suppose don't have as many countries involved as athletics athletics is one of the tougher sports so to be good there to be successful is a lot more difficult and when you're competing against you know sports that are you know they've kind of found you know a niche and a place where they can be successful um, so you know there's a bit of pressure on athletics to you know support the athletes that we have and to encourage more into the sport because the more athletes you have chasing Olympic places the more competitive it is then the better athletes that you will have so you know I think it's really important that we continue to develop the sport and encourage athletes to compete against each other and that there is competition for the spots on the team because it that is the legendary Sonia Sullivan there speaking to Colleen Duffy after picking up her Hall of Fame award at the Irish Life Athletics Ireland Awards in Dublin earlier on this week. Um, she's an absolute inspiration. She's absolutely incredible. Um, I remember watching her win the uh, silver in the Olympics in 2000. In uh, Sydney. In yeah. Sydney, yeah. Uh, I was in first year of college at the time when I got in CIT. And <laughs> I, I was six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't feel old anymore. But um, just the, the the reaction from everyone uh, as we watched it in there was absolutely incredible. And she's given us so many good moments, some amazing moments over uh, over the course of uh, her career. So it's only fitting she, and right. Yeah, she is and incredible. She's in the Hall of Fame. She's incredible. And she's so well spoken as well and yeah. so down to earth and knows the sport so well. It's just, it's so nice to listen to her. She's great. Yeah, and I 
still get starstruck when I see her. It's like, there's Sonia O'Sullivan. Yeah, I, saw, yeah. I saw her in Man Point once. And I was like, there's Sonia O'Sullivan. And I was like, my wife was like, have you not interviewed her? And I was like, yeah, but still, like, I'm still... Yeah, but still, she's there. The aura, <laughs> that's Sonia O'Sullivan just right there. Yeah. So congratulations to Sonia on uh, being inducted yeah, into the Hall of Fame. World record holder still at 2,000 metres, would you believe? Uh, 2,000 metres, not an event that's uh, run all that often. So Sonia is the uh, the world record holder at uh, two, uh, 2,000 metres, uh, which was set in July in 1994 in Edinburgh at a time of 5.25.36. There has been an Ethiopian runner run faster indoors, 5.23.75 oh, yes. against Emmy yes. Baba, but that's not, according to Wikipedia, not an official world record event indoors. So Sonia Sullivan, the world record holder outdoors, but... Um, that Ethiopian athlete was faster indoors but not classified as a world record so mm. Sonia still the world record holder 2,000 metres outdoors anyway alright just get you up to date on the scores that are happening at the moment uh, Watford still a goal up on Southampton an hour played there and uh, Connacht 24-12 up on Southern Kings 6-9 minutes gone at the sports ground now Robert Wheeler's hosting their annual fundraiser tomorrow in Neptune Stadium a lot of events planned and a big crowd is expected Kieran to speak the secretary of the club Orlo O'Brien I'll be joined on the line by Orla O'Brien, uh, one of the Rebel Wheelers. Orla, very busy weekend for uh, the Wheelers. Absolutely. This weekend on Sunday, we have our annual um, fundraiser up in Neptune Stadium. So this is for the for the club. It's a wheelchair basketball tournament. Um, we have 24 teams coming from across local businesses, um, sports clubs and just the general public as well. So we're inviting everybody to come along and sit into a wheelchair um, just, to, I suppose, to get a feel for what it's like to actually um, be a wheelchair user, but also to take part in disability sport. Um, I, I was speaking to the lads last year. Um, the, actually, this is, of course, the second year of the, the event as well. It is. Last year we ran the event in the Earthline Convent Blackrock and that was actually, it was the brainchild of um, Con Collins. We have to say a big huge thank you to Con who's the coach of our senior team. So last year we ran it with 16 teams and it was such a huge success that this year we've actually had to move to the bigger venue in Neptune in order to um, accommodate the 24 teams. Um, last, as I was going to say, I spoke to the lads last year about this. I remember doing... Um like a, a mini documentary on para sports, and I spent a, a lot of time up in Carlo and and the the southeast and a few of the the sporting clubs there and, and the the wheelchair based sports and the atmosphere there is absolutely electric at all these events. It is, and I suppose when you bring in the public, they've probably never had the opportunity to, to experience it, and they maybe have a preconceived idea about what it's like to have a disability or to be able to take part in sport. So I suppose when they come along and they sit into a wheelchair, the first 10 minutes is like, oh my God, this is so hard and how, how, how do you make this work? And then once it clicks with them for using the chair, suddenly it just, it's like any other sport, it's that competitive spirit just takes over and it's all about, it is about having fun, but it's also about winning the match as well. So Yeah, and like... It, 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 there is the the realm of the fact that some people don't realise that the the rebel wheelers even exist in Cork. That's right, they don't. Like they, we started off in two thousand and eight with yeah. five families. Um, now we have families. We've over seventy families from all over County Cork who come and take part in the club. 
and like we're not just basketball we have um, we have a wheelchair rugby um, club as well we have athletes who compete actually in all our sports we have athletes who compete at international level and have represented Ireland um, in both rugby basketball and in our athletic section as well and then, of course, we run our Saturday morning club, and that's all for the, that's for the younger children, and that's where they come their first opportunity to participate in sport, and they get a wide variety of sports there. So, like I suppose, for people who haven't heard of us, you know, any child with a dis- physical disability is welcome to come along. You know, give us a call and come along and, and experience what it's like on, in our Saturday morning club. Yeah, tomorrow, Saturday or Sunday is um, obviously the the event is happening, but uh, it's going towards fundraising for the club as well. The obviously have to rent out uh, venues and, and use different venues. I know you've been lucky as well in the past, but um, there's a lot of costs associated, especially with you know parents and stuff bringing teams around the country as well. There is, I suppose, one of our major costs actually is hall rental for yeah. for all different sports, and then you have the equipment. Then, so like our equipment is very specialised equipment. So you're talking maybe 1500 euros for a basketball chair that's a generic chair you're talking over 3000 euro for a rugby chair uh so yeah so the equipment you know and we've got 21 22 juniors turning up for training every tuesday night so we have a lot of chairs we need we have a constant um requirement for for new equipment so obviously the the event tomorrow uh, Sunday will will help with that. You've a couple of we won't go into names, but a couple of superstars coming down as well. We have so I suppose the big draw then is between twelve o'clock and one o'clock. Um, we have so first we'll start off there with our our juniors and they'll do kind of an exhibition match just to give the public an idea of what um, what's involved. And then at twelve thirty we have our senior team are going to take on a Cork All Star team. So we have sports stars from across the GAA, Cork City, and we even have some boxers coming along as well from Toka Boxing Club. So they're all coming and they're going to um, take on our, our senior basketball team. Uh, and they'll be really up against it in that game, uh, or like considering the, the Wheeler senior team are champions? They will, because they're, the senior team are actually triple champions yeah. at the moment. So they're National Cup, National League and League champions. So, yeah, so these guys are going to have their work cut out for them. So hopefully they've been in the gym all week training hard. <laughs> uh, but look, it's, it's a it's a family fun day at the end of it all uh, and a fundraiser. So it's uh, it's important a lot of people turn out. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, just lastly, Orla, where can uh, people find out more information on the event? Well, you can go a, a lot of uh, information on our Facebook page and also you can contact us directly on rebelwheelers at gmail.com. Yeah, thanks very much indeed to Orla O'Brien, Secretary of the Rebel Wheelers, ahead of their big annual fundraiser tomorrow in Neptune Stadium. A big crowd as they expected. Plenty of events planned as Orla outlined there. So if you are around Neptune Stadium, uh, be sure and uh, head along that way tomorrow afternoon. All right, in the Premier League, still Watford leading Southampton by a goal to nil. 66 minutes now on the clock at St Mary's and in rugby Connacht still leading the Southern Kings uh, with 24 points to 12 bonus point uh, victory on the way for Connacht if they can see that out only 5 minutes left there so they should be well able indeed uh, to get that win there so they're 12 points clear uh, with 5 minutes left uh, on the uh, on the clock um, if you missed it Liverpool gone 11 points clear at the top of the Premier League table today that was the big story of the day 
after Man City's 2-all draw with Newcastle Liverpool holding on for a 2-1 win over Brighton at Anfield and as we mentioned Alisson sent off late in the game uh, but uh, Jurgen Klopp was full of praise for a replacement shot stopper Adrian for me, he was man of the match, 100%, even when um, Birch scored two goals. But uh, the two saves he made and, and, and the crosses he catched, that was really, really important. How I said, ice cold, everybody was today in the stadium, said, OK, the last thing you want to do is use your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that at the end of that clip, but I was at Jürgen Klopp. So, uh, yeah, Adrian's going to be starting for Liverpool in the um, the, the Mercedes Derby on Wednesday. That means that Kelleher, Kelleher, sure, Kelleher yeah, yeah, will be yeah. on the bench for the Mercedes Derby on Wednesday. Talk of him going out on loan to Preston as well okay. um, earlier on in the week. So well, he'd be to, in good company there. To, yeah, especially yeah with um, his former Ring Mahan Rangers uh, teammate uh, Adam Brown and uh, Adam O'Reilly at uh, Preston as well it'd be fantastic if that uh, were to come because he needs to get first team football of course yeah. it'd be great if Adrian did the same thing as Alisson <laughs> and Queen comes yeah, on that'd be fantastic <laughs> alright that's it from us for this evening thanks very much indeed for tuning away our podcast online very very shortly indeed on redextra.ie and wherever you get your podcast from we're back tomorrow from 6 all the reaction from hopefully Nemo's win over Clonmel commercials we'll talk to you then Stevie's up next enjoy the rest of your Saturday The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Sean.